But before you depart this room full of winners, I want you to take a good look at the person next to you. Go on. Because sometime in the not-so-distant future, you're going to be pulling up to a red light, and you beat up old fucking Pinot, and that person's going to be pulling up right alongside you in that brand-new Porsche with that beautiful wife by their side who's got big, voluptuous tits. <laughs> and who are you going to be sitting next to? Some disgusting wildebeest with three days of razor stubble and a sleeveless muumu crammed in next to you in a car load full of groceries from the fucking Price Club. That's who you're going to be sitting next to. So you listen to me and you listen well. Are you behind on your credit card bills? Good, pick up the phone and start dialing. Is your landlord ready to evict you? Good, pick up the phone and start dialing. Does your girlfriend think you're a fucking worthless loser? Good. Pick up the phone and start dialing. I want you to deal with your problems by becoming rich. I look in the mirror and look at a killer. I grew up with niggas, crop you out the picture. Bodies get stacking up, you out the year. Got the young niggas thinking they serious killers. Wow. Those choppers with switches, they scratch out the seal. The blood in the whip, it fucked up, it's a tear. Watch what you say, cause this shit's real. The Mountain Rose Podcast, episode 99, was good. Shot in the car and I got, got the wheel. These niggas on wood, they got bodies for real. I thought you got out, he did 20 some years. He took it to trial, but he lost his career. I went to school with some serious killers. They breaking your house, they need serious witches. The same nigga cut first period with you. Watch who you trust, they might be out there getting them. One wrong step, you get put in the switch. Say the wrong thing, get put in the Backwood, wipe a nigga, no, no tissue. Bless him. Last nigga tried me, found in the back. Ain't none of these crews more vicious. Just play a good role in the show, can't act good. Put folks in my business. Hey, 99 weeks. My name got smoked like a pack Go, man. The Mally Bros Podcast, episode 99. Chase Young, episode. Fuck you talking about, man. Two nines. It's nobody else's episode. I'm sorry, Terrell. We went with a bunch of bum-ass Broncos. When? We it's did, no you question. stepped all over my Shelby Harris. of the year. Chase Young, episode. Two nines. It's a real two nine in the league right now. And he come from the same area that this me and this man sitting right here who should be respect. You should be showing more respect. Come from this area. Chase Man. Young. Wayne Gretzky episode. Legend. Aaron Donald episode. It's a beautiful number, bro. Nah, fuck that. Warren Sapp episode. Right? JJ Watt. Come on, TJ Watt. Nah, he's 90. <laughs> Who's another 99, Terrell? Um, we named some of the most notable ones. Man. I think Chase Young, no. He, he did not deserve Chase to get the Young, number one. We could have said 100%. Jason Taylor. Episode, it's a couple better 99s. He need to have a prove it year this year first, and then we can say. When I pick the years, it's not about the uh, how good they are. We went with some bum-ass Broncos players. Because he played on y'all one team. player. You wanted you to go with Brad and y'all traded that time. Shelby, you, that was 97. Look, that was 96. And it was Shelby Harris. See, look. And you stepped all over that. 
Chase Young episode. It doesn't matter. But guess what? Did she come from the same neighborhood, neighborhood as you though? That's cray. You try to shit on a man that come from the same neighborhood from you. See how the crab keep him in the barrel? How am I shitting on him? I'm just telling the truth. You see how the he crab try to keep him in the barrel? He's gonna prove it, yeah. That's cray. He'll be look. He'll be in Houston next year playing with the Texans. Let me just say this: It's 99 weeks. I want to give a special shout out to everybody that's listening, all the first time listeners, the listeners yep. that been with us from the beginning since episode one. One. Shout out, man. 99 is a celebration for me. To me, this is the big episode. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not throwing a party, but like for real, just watch how this episode might have something in it. When you go and look at all the episodes that have a nine in it, 29, 39, 49, 59, every episode with a nine got something special in it. So I already don't even yep. feel like this one's going to be that special, but 99 weeks. 99 weeks. Y'all understand. We've been doing this shit 99 weeks in a row. Yeah. I'll be having to plan trips and vacays around when we got to mm-hmm. shoot. Two nines on the board, two nines at the table. It's, it's commendable, though. I love it. Man, look, imagine you live to 99 years old. I think I will live to be 99. That's no questions. I think 100 Not if he keeps eating all those chicken sandwiches from Panera. Them all, so we should start with that. <laughs> so we should to. start smack with that. <laughs> but before to. we get to that, uh, y'all see, I'm about to nine way more than Terrell. It's, a, it's been evident. You could probably tell this nigga Terrence fuck with the nine shit more than Terrell. Do the history. You could tell Terrell. Do, the, do like, the history. When you look, y'all ever seen Biker Boys? Damn, we should have started from the scene from that Biker Boys. That's a legendary movie. That movie changed me in Terrell's childhood. Ah, did it? What other motorcycle movie did you look at? I wouldn't have fucked with motorcycles ever in my life if I didn't see Biker Boys. Wow. That's nah. a top five movie for a little boy to watch. Top, Biker Boys is traumatic as hell, number one, because the father dies. It shows trauma. You need that. Uh, Bambi was traumatic. What was tra- what? Bambi. Bambi was traumatic. Land before time. Traumatic. So you, you y'all, I need this. All right, okay, okay. Um, and honestly, you know, you're right. Biker boys did make biker boys did make Man. black folks start fucking with bikes a little bit more than we already was. If you was a young nigga, you didn't know anything. Biker, older niggas knew, but biker boys was like the roll bounce for motorcycles. It, it, black people was like, all right, bet. A lot of the, a lot of people that's in their twenties right now, or when they like low thirties right now, yeah. biker boys was one of the ones that made them go, all right, bet. And low key, biker boys is one of the movies you ain't seen. Biker boys, come on, bro. That's like not seeing a drumline or something like that. You tripping. Megan Good was in that joint. Megan Good was in that joint. And then look, it wasn't a whole lot of sex. Look, Lisa Bonet was in that joint. Lawrence Fishburne after Matrix. <laughs> the nigga had a bush. <laughs> Tough to watch with Lawrence Fishburne, but it's still good. Look, his name was Ghost. He had a dope-ass bike. Nah, they all did. had to really learn how to ride a bike. Anyway, I only say that to say, when it comes to the nine shit, I'm like the bald nigga from Biker Boys. Derek Luke? You more like the white boy that, you know, you got the jacket, but you, you know, you're not really rapping like me. I'm like the Timo Cruz in my blood. Name. First of all, do the history. Do the history. And see where that nine came from. Your boy. You know what you are? And I was listening to your uh your boy's pod today. Just cause you're like, like like what they said. You're Jackie Robinson with this shit. I'm Braun with it. You Jackie Robinson, we can give it to you because you said a word first that eventually became. Nah, but you're McCutcheon. We changed the game. You're McCutcheon. Terrell. I'm Jackie. You a dog. Who means more to baseball? Jackie. Are we doing this? 42? R.P. Chadwick. When they talk about who's playing, they're not going to talk about Jackie. They're just going to talk about how he was there first. They're not going to talk about his strategies and how he was good. Oh, he, oh, you know what? He's actually good. He's the best we've seen since Jackie Robinson. You've never heard it. I'm That's not shitting crazy. on him. I'm He's, not shitting on him, but you, you know what I'm saying? You mad because like, I was shitting on Chase Young, who's 20 years old and haven't even done anything in the league yet. 
But you shit on the man that opened the doorway. Nah, I'm saying it's one person. If you was the first person to ever perform at Echo Stage, you can't say, ain't nobody fucking with me on Echo Stage. I was the first to perform. <laughs> That's all they can say. <laughs> Nigga, who gives a fuck if you was the first to perform? Are you selling out Echo Stage? No, I was the first one, yeah. Whoever sold out, um, y'all see how Terrell rocking with it. He don't rep the nine like me, but want credit for the for the stock. Please. It's taking look, his ass I, to court. I, 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 there's video evidence that me me wanting to start with the nine and you not wanting to do it. Nah, I didn't like That's the whole. I didn't like whole damn nine. I did not like that. I made it whole nine. I I fuck with the nine. I think the nine was right there waiting for us, and then we just went that way. You know what I'm saying? That's how I look at it. I don't think the whole part even was. You know, whole nine. Nah, that's the that is honestly end of every video. Nah, for sure, for sure. I'm just saying the nine is was was, was always. Well, isn't that crazy though? For seven years we've been doing that. Nah, for sure. And to me, I told Terrell, I see nines everywhere. It's just it's just in my. If I see a six and a three, I'm adding it up. You know what I mean? Seven and a two, it don't matter. Oh, and look at number. I'm going for number seventy-two. Niggas don't even know why, cause I'm, I'm I added the seven and two on the back of his jersey, and that's why I'm rooting for him. And that's also a uh, variable of nine, right? Seventy-two, seven times 100. nine times eight. Mm-hmm. Also, like, what is it? Was eight times nine? You don't know seventy-two, right? I'm terrible at math. No, no, you got nine, eight times yeah, nine. No, it is. What is it? Uh, it's eight times nine to seventy-two. What is it? Uh, it wasn't the. It wasn't times. I think it was the plus. I think if you do. Eight plus nine. Seventeen. And what's seven? What's one plus seven? Eight. Right. So like everything beside nine is always always itself. Like what's six plus nine? Six plus nine, fifteen. What's one plus five? Six. Right. So anything that nine goes against always is gonna add up back to itself. This doesn't make any sense. What's all right, look, three times three plus nine. Three plus nine. Twelve. One plus two. Three. Right. I'm because confused. nine is about completion. Think about it. Three plus three plus nine is twelve. If you take twelve and just do one plus two, you get back to the three. You would get back to the three. And then you said five plus nine is fourteen. Mm-hmm. Four plus one, five. That's all right. Nine is the complete number. That's why I say ninety-nine, dog. Two nines, and we going straight to the top of the charts with it. All right, bet. To get this podcast started. We want to thank our sponsor for this podcast, Panera Bread. <laughs> These motherfuckers are not paying us. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking chicken sandwich is amazing. And guess what? It's a whole lot of rah-rah confidence on my TL when I was talking about it. I said, hmm, that's very funny because I don't think that everybody who's speaking actually tried the sandwich. And if you didn't, guess what? You're invalid. You're the person that's talking about something you haven't even tried it. You're giving an opinion. You're not talking about an experience. The take chicken sandwich... The take chicken? That's what they call it? The that's take? What it's called. The take? The take chicken sandwich. Sorry, y'all. Jesus Christ. The take chicken sandwich. The shit is fire. I'm not going to be long-winded. That, sh- that joint got Parmesan chips, little crispers, little, little, man. What made you get that joint? I was randomly getting ready to get my, my early day from Panera, like my, my go-to. And then I said, you know what? Let me see. It. Nah, I'm lying like shit. I was going to get my go-to when I opened the app. It was the biggest day on the front of the app, chicken sandwich. And I said, chicken sandwich? I looked at that, John, and I said, you know what? I normally get the barbecue, what is it called? The smoke barbecue smoke house chicken, barbecue, smoke house barbecue, barbecue joint, half sandwich. 
I said, you know what? I'm going to just get the chicken sandwich and then a the salad. Man, that chicken sandwich was tough as shit. Let me tell y'all. Tough as shit? Like the chicken was tough? Nah, I mean, like, it was just amazing. I'm sorry, y'all. That chicken sandwich is amazing. It really is. It's to me, it's the best day. chicken sandwich that you could get right now is, is at Panera Bread. It is not Popeye's. Uh, it is not. It's not McDonald's. It's not Arby's. It's not none of that bullshit. It Check. ain't none of that. Checkers. Mother Cruncher. Have y'all ever been to a Checkers? That shit feels like you jumped in a time machine. Like, what am I even doing in this establishment? You can't even go on the inside of a Checkers. Let me tell y'all something. Where y'all keep the register at? Go to a Checkers. You know when you really going to go to the Checkers? They got the register right next to the fried joint. It's grease all up <laughs> on the register. <laughs> Checkers, is, checkers hit the spot when you drunk at 2 a.m. or some shit. 100. 3 a.m. because they be open late. Checkers fucked up. They give you every drink in the same cup. It don't matter if you get a milkshake, a soda, a coffee. Yeah. You can get it in that same thick-ass cup. You can get a Fry Lover's XL from the joint where they take that same cup and just put fries in Right. If you get that in a milkshake, they're going to give you the milkshake <laughs> and the fry. <laughs> you going to know which one is which. <laughs> Funniest shit. Ooh, funniest I shit. I told Dre he need to try that sandwich. Panera Bread, y'all. Go and try that. This shit is so fire. Let me try it. We giving these motherfuckers. These motherfuckers give us no money. Hey, what y'all think about uh, my man Trey got the arms out? You know, feeling himself. Terrence, I'm really not. I wouldn't even try and do that. He was. If you wasn't trying to do that, well, why you sit down that way, boy? I just got back from the gym. Not even going to lie. I came back from the gym and said, fuck it, I'm not changing. He looks like a trainer right now. He looks like he's about to go on a... Uh... You look like you train people and and... Okay, boy, you know who you look like? You look like when <laughs> Jamie <laughs> You look like when Jamie St. Patrick would go on missions and he would put on all black. Every time niggas wear a black sweater, that's what people say. <laughs> hey, look, Dick Sporting Goods. I always tell y'all. Cheapest it's like what? This is what a forty dollar sweater? That's all right. Just don't wash it. Checks over stripes. That's what we like. Nah, you definitely Adidas niggas. Adidas niggas. Nah, I knew it was coming and no. <laughs> yeah, nah. When Adi Boom was battling, they definitely was like, I don't care if these stripes gonna figure out if Adi does. Nah, y'all, no. Oh, yeah, figure out what no. Adi does. No, 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 no. No, Speaking of battle rap, Kings versus Queens was this weekend. I didn't really have it on my docket, but it did happen. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to watch Jazz versus Geechee, but I seen some of the other ones. It was dope. Shout out to Smack. But um, you know what I did want to say to start? Our parents was right about not doing both the picking up and dropping off. Okay. When I think about our childhood, my mom will always say, I'll drop y'all off, but who's doing the picking up? Because I'm, I'm not, not doing both. Mm -hmm. Shit was the worst. Now that I'm an adult. And y'all don't realize that that would low-key tank your move at, for real. Not for real. If you couldn't find the pickup move, you're not going. We got a ride there, bro, but we don't have a ride back. And we used to be like, yo, we could just figure that shit out. It out. And then that's the worst, because when the party ending, you're not thinking about the party. You're thinking, uh, who left yet? <laughs> No more. That's the worst. Y'all, I know y'all can relate to that. That was the worst. You think Even, I can get a ride? I live up the street from you. And then it's like a. It'll be shit that you should definitely have a ride there and back for, like a school dance or some shit. It's like, yeah. God damn. But now that I'm an adult, I completely understand that. And you know what? Our oldest sister Kelly, her ass could drive. And do you remember how scary it was when we knew we had a ride and we had to call Kelly to see if we could get her to take us back or pick us up? Yeah, like... You think you can pick us up from... You think you can get us from the... I don't know why. Every time you call your older sibling, and me, Terrence, and Kelly are, like, super close. But it always was intimidating. Like, what do y'all want? What's, what, where y'all going? Look. You just sit there like, hopefully... 
My sister about to come and get me. I can come. And, I can come and get y'all. All right. All right. And now I get what she was doing. Like she's yeah. probably doing, trying to do her own thing. You know what I mean? Even now, like my father hit me and said, "Yeah, let's go to Annapolis." I said, "Damn, <laughs> that's fifty-eight minutes in the car." <laughs> <laughs> you gotta warn me a little bit sooner than that. <laughs> nah, for real. Cause think about it. You go to a school dance from six to nine. That fuck up your whole night if you gotta do the dropping off and the picking up. Cause number one, I gotta not only get y'all, but I'm taking such and such from up the street and this person. So I gotta go from our house to his house to his house. Then take y'all to the dance. Then what I gotta do? I guess I'll sit around for a while and oh, you come know back. That'd be a move. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look, y'all get the ride back because that way I could drop y'all off. Then I got me and your mom in the crib, Dolo. Oh, that'd be lit. Look, Chance, no. how lit would that life be? You and your, you and your lady, y'all got kids, and then when they got school, that's when y'all can do y'all little quick shit because there ain't no kids in the in the house, and that's gonna make it lit. Cause we try to hurry up and do it before the kids come home. Look. Tans, now, this, you know what I hate about Tans? We you know sweaty as fuck picking them up. Y'all enjoy y'all dance? <laughs> okay, what songs did they play? <laughs> I hate the comments about Terrence. Y'all know that I hate them. Ter Ooh, Terrence is so... Look, I can see them now. Look, the dance thing. Terrence is so spontaneous. Fuck out of here. Y'all gotta admit that would be lit. That's the first thing that was Some regular mind. shit. You can do that. You can do that. That's what I'm Dance, thinking. That's school, why, anything. That's why your folks would be like, yo, I'm, not, I'm only going to do the drop off. Because look, I drop y'all off. I got three hours. And by the time I hear y'all, it's like, oh, they back. Who the fuck wants to fuck and then go get in the car and go, I got a ride? I don't want to do the last you thing that I want to do. You don't have kids. Terrence, no. That's why people don't want to do the picking up and dropping off. What if you have kids, right? And you have a newborn and your newborn won't let y'all do shit because they want to come sleep in the bed. It's you a know? newborn. No, not a newborn. I mean like. All right, two, bet, three, like, four, two, three, four. All right, that makes sense. And like, it's like, all right, bet. Junior's with the babysitter. Y'all got a school dance. I'm going to take y'all. Bet. And while she in that joint, whatever, we got just the right amount of time. <laughs> 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 this it's going to be shut out. <laughs> look, we got number six on the way. He thought he was getting, he thought he, look, he, thought he was going to get some action when he oh, got home. Oh, no bullshit. If that His goes left now, said, I'm sick. His wife had a headache. I got a headache. I got a headache. Now this nigga watching the random game you don't give a fuck about. Right, now I'm watching Seahawks and Jets. I'm sick as shit. Look, I'm mad as fuck. Fuck it. I'll come and pick y'all up. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> watching, <laughs> watching the playoff game. You mad leaving? I'm out of here. You watching the playoff game. <laughs> Terry, but you know what you're not thinking about? What? If the, the travel time in between is 100%, something you to think about. Depending on where they at, yeah. I got to take y'all to the prom. Y'all promised down at the Baltimore Harbor an hour away. So look, it starts at six. It's over at nine. So by the time you get home, you gotta turn right back around and go back. That's why you 100% get a limo. Cause I'm not taking y'all ass. Where they, when they they gonna where they gonna bring you back? What's the drop off? <laughs> what's the address? Y'all got y'all phones? Somebody keep your phone on. But you know what's crazy? Now, what we gonna go through when we have our kids? They gonna come to you and say, Hey, can you get me an Uber to? Are you gonna be like, oh, I gotta pay this motherfucking twenty twenty nine dollars? You know what I'm saying? Uber for what? We want to go to the dance. It's right up to the right up the street. I'm about to be pressing my kids. Uber. We didn't have Uber when we was young, so figure it out. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> that means you gotta drive, cause that's what was our solution. Did, call me, ask for a ride. You gonna be one of them weirdo dads. You gonna be one of them weirdo dads. Look what you sitting here wearing. This nigga's gonna be a yoga dad. Can't you? you Which look, isn't bad. You look like you ready to rob a bank. You look like you getting ready to go do uh yoga, boy. 
This nigga looks yoga ready. I'm dressed like this. Y'all should see the whole fit. If he stand up, you should see his whole fit. Let's see your fit. It will be more of a funny joke. With them dirty ass shorts. Didn't even say what he was wearing. Now you had to try to bust me out. I have nice see. My shorts are nice. People can't see in their joint. This nigga look like he had, he look. You know how you see a nigga, you be like, damn, you ain't had nothing to do today. Damn, you been laying around all day, huh? This nigga's about to do a mobile fit with his app. You ever see the niggas do the app? Yo, you just set your phone up and do this. How you that? You look like this doing that. <clears throat> you look like a nigga that come in Best Buy and scam phones. Niggas was getting out. I need five lines, five lines. If niggas <laughs> was on ten in two thousand thirteen, that was a play. Nah, for real. All the way through the day, ran through the teens to get them phones. Mm-hmm. All right, bet. Let's start with some. Let's start with some shit. Going forward, uh, mm. did you want to talk about future first? We always sometimes lead with the, with the album that dropped album last drop, week. Yeah. Future Drop, I Never Liked You last week. We had a video go up on Patreon. Yes, sir. Hey, look, shout out to everybody that has the Patreon, that supports us on the Patreon. I'm telling you, that's where the best content that we offer is. Uh, but strap yeah. up, because that Kendrick is coming. Nah, 100%. The Kendrick is 100% going to be on Patreon, and it's not going to hit YouTube for a minute. But um, Future did drop an album, mm-hmm. and we did do the... Uh, the reaction for it, I would say, how you feel about it a couple days later, or a week or so later? A couple days later, my favorite tracks are Wait For You, I'm That Nigga, Chickens, Pumping On Zooties, and I'm trying to tell y'all the sleeper song on that joint is We uh, we Just Want To Get High. I love that song, y'all. I don't know what it is about that joint. It's always a joint on that joint, that uh, on, on a future project that I just be like, y'all, it's this one. On, on uh, the joint that he put out, The Wizard, it was that Carter Corner joint. I remember just later thinking, yo, that joint. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But those five tracks, probably my faves. I think I got a uh, controversial take. Well, my man getting ready to do 200K, so before you come with some bullshit, my man's turning up. Did you see how you tweeted last night? Winning without you. Still on our toxic shit. Crazy. Now, honestly, I did like the... It, it's, I have my favorite tracks from the album. I like um, that chicken's joint grew on me. Grew on me. At first, I was like, it's joint not. Well, that drink is fire. I like, um, I'm on one, of course. I'm on one. I love that. Um, I love, I like that. I like that. Do you know what my controversial take is? What? I'm not that crazy about the wait for you drink. I'm not that crazy about it. It's a sad song to me. I feel like I should be liking it like everybody else likes it, but yeah. I'm like, I don't, I'm not, I didn't rush back to it. Then when I played it again, I was like, look, I don't really give a fuck about this. Man, that's one of the most beautiful songs of the year to me. I like the Drizzy on the. I like the, my favorite Drizzy feature from the album is the I'm on one joint. And people was like, look, I don't like that joint. Uh, I guess it was all right. I don't get it. But that's my controversial take. Because that joint, that way for you joint is going crazy. But for me, I just didn't see what was so spectacular about it. I was telling Terrell, I think that Tim's, I said this in the review, I think Tim's is taking Rihanna's music career and just running with it. And what I mean, not really, re- really taking her career for my Navy fans. Not, you, trust me, I don't got it fucked up. I'm just saying the absence of Rihanna and her sound is kind of being. We wonder why we like Tim so much. And it's because, I mean, come on, y'all. Rihanna kind of brought, you know what I'm saying, that groove, that vibe. You know what I'm saying? Before, Future was doing songs with Rihanna. So, like, I feel like just that sound that Tim's has is one of the biggest reasons why we fuck with that one track, Wait For You. Like, Tim's, I don't even think it's even on it for real. I think they just took a video she did, like, years ago and just sampled it in the song. Oh, she not? Nah. I don't think that she did that 2021. I think it was a sample that they used. That's how dope Tim's is. 
That ain't even her like, oh, I thought she did that for that song. Mm-mm. Damn. Oh, all right. Well, well, what you want to talk about Future being on pace for two, uh, 200K this first week, man? Better than Gunner, better than Weekend? I think that's Turn impressive. Up. I think that's impressive. I didn't. I honestly did not think that. I thought he was going to do like 92 to 100. Yeah. But I did. Somebody tweeted me and was like, yo, he might do 175 to 200. I was like, look, that's a possibility. Yeah. When you got two Drake features, it makes sense. Terrence didn't like the fact that I said that, but having two Drake features is definitely going to give you an extra 30, 40K. I think my Y'all man- can call me a hater if you want. That's just a fact. Pusha T, Lash, on the heels, Lash, Pusha T did 77K on Daytona his first week. Drake was like, you know, tell what's the name I got an invoice coming to you because we did number 20 for you. This year he did 55K. It's not fair to put that on feud. I'm on. just saying, when you have a anything related to Drake, you're going to have more. You're going to get more. Okay, yeah. But I don't think that you can give 200K to Drizzy. You can't say, oh, yeah, well, he had two Drake features. So, nah, hold up. Fuck that. It's been Drizzy features on all of you on all of his albums. So let's not act like he did something. He went and got Drizzy so that he could. Nah, he always has Drizzy on his album. It's really not fair to say, well, he had two Drizzy features. I mean, you mean like he always does? What two Drizzy features was on um, The Wizard? Well, it might be one Drizzy feature on that joint. But he always has a Drake feature. All I'm saying, look, I'm Life not is t- Good was on the last self-titled joint. Fuck out of here. I'm not trying to take nothing away from Future. All not I'm self-titled, saying, but you First know. of all, and Life then, is Good. Life is Good. Or, or High Off Life. Life is Good was on that. But that doesn't count your... Those numbers don't count towards your first week. They're, they're counted to the overall, but if you have a bomb-ass single that's out, the yeah. sales from that don't count to, to your first week. I'm just I'm saying Drizzy is always uh, on Future's album, and you try to make it seem like he had these two immaculate features. You just said yourself that the Drizzy features that "Wait for You" joint is the hottest track on the album. It's featuring Drake. Number one, number two, you put a, you had another Drake track called "I'm On One." You know how many people in the world was waiting for that to see what the fuck it was gonna be? All I'm gonna say is the best music on the album doesn't come from Drizzy; it comes from Pluto. So, I agree. He gets the credit for the 200k. But honestly, that is it is impressive that he did 200k. I did not see that. I will say that I did not see him doing 200K. Yeah. But y'all leave a comment of, of y'all favorite songs, what y'all think about the 200K. Pluto, I never liked you. We went in without you. Two nines, episode 99, turn up, we getting it. Um, what you gonna listen to first? Harlow or uh, Ella? Definitely Ella. Definitely Ella. Not really a Jack Harlow fan. Sorry. We gonna listen to that album? I love Jack Harlow. I don't think I've ever said it, but I'm just not a big... I'm not a big Jack Harlow fan. Not because I feel any type of way towards, bro. I just kind of feel like he's not an artist for me. He's more of an artist for the youth. You know what I'm saying? And you know what's crazy? They call me a Jack Harlow hater on Twitter. I'm the one that's actually the Jack Harlow fan. Nah, Terrell is the big fan. I'm just critical. And you know what? I'm done, I'm done dancing around shit for niggas. I'm not going to get on here and lie because I'm a fan. But I'm excited for his album, though. 100. I'm excited for his album. Uh, I, I actually respect the, the buzz that he has around his name, too. I think yeah. he definitely deserves it. I think the, uh, the, the songs that he has out right now are definitely buzzing. I think you can talk about the gimmicks and the oh, first class uses a certain you know sound that sounds like. But you know what? I try not to be on no hater shit. I think Jack Harlow is actually dope. I don't think that he's for me, though. You know what I mean? I yeah. feel like I already have a Jack Harlow that I grew up listening to, you know? Do you feel like he's the next Drake? 100% not. No, no, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> I, I I told Terrell, a lot of people have been making Drizzy comparisons when it comes to Jack Harlow, and I just felt like he's 
He's definitely, you can hear it. You can hear the inspiration. But next Drake. Come on. Honestly, listen to my thing with the Jaguars. Remember they saw Zion jump and said that he was the next Braun. Look at him. Come on, bro. It's 300 pounds. It's a difference. You know what I'm saying? Just because you can emulate something doesn't mean that you can become it. Nah, that's true. And this is my thing. And you know, this is what I'm going to. Oh, look. He got to write that down. Hey, look. This is what I will say about uh, the Jack Harlow situation. And this is what I've said for um, the last couple of weeks. If y'all want to compare him to Drake, all right, bet. Drake's second album was Take Care. His second studio album was Take Care. Which means this album right here. Uh, Come Home, the Kids Miss You, which is an incredible title. I love the title. I love the artwork. I love all that. But he has to put out an album that people are going to play for years now, his second album. Because your first album was cool, and I like that joint. But this album, bet, got to be Take Care. If you're you the next Drake, then that's what you got to deliver. Nah, I can tell y'all right now this album's not about to be like Take Care. I'm not saying it has right to now, be like Take Care, but this has to be your Take Care, your album that people pull shit from. And let me tell you something. It might be. And the reason why I say that is because the single from the album was Nail Tech. My Nail Tech know how to keep a little secret. I just don't think Jack Harlow is that type of artist. But Terrence, this is what I was going to tell you. You know, he put, out the, he put out that clip from First Class where he was just in the studio. People were like going crazy saying, put this out, put this out, put this out. So he just said, fucking and put it out. That wasn't even supposed to hit the streets until... I just today. don't think that Jack Harlow has anything to offer that we haven't already heard. You know what I mean? It, when Drizzy put out Take Care, he had Marvin's Room on that joint. And let me tell you, when Take Care dropped, if you can remember, Drake was known for being that R&B singer, singing rapper, some singing that corny ass rapper. Remember Chris Brown said that? <laughs> some corny singing rapper. But like he was known as the singing rapper. But we also knew him as, yo, he in his own lane. He got his own sound. Like, have you heard I'm on one? I said I'm on one. Yeah. I heard that one joint with, uh, I think it's a Birdman song. We, I got money to blah. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, he had a bunch of shit. The, oh, was, the Young Money days. He was doing some dead rock, a bunch of shit. Mm -hmm. And the only reason why I say that is because with Drake, when we listened to that project, we knew this dude got his own lane of his own. We're not thinking that at all going in the, into this Jack Harlow project. We're just going to really wait and see what you do. But what are we really anticipating? Drizzy was known back then for hopping on niggas' tracks. And it was like, yo, that one Drake track he got, fire. Because Drizzy wasn't scared to sing or Drizzy wasn't scared to... But I don't think we have Jack Harlow jumping on a bunch of people's tracks, killing shit. I mean, he got two fire singles back to back, though. You can't lie. The Nail Tech joint, I like. I don't like his verses on the first class, but the ladies love it, so... I like Nail Tech, I would say, but I like the beat more than I like him, and that's what I felt like I, that's where I felt like my disconnect with Jack yeah. Harlow is. A lot of people said it was like Industry Baby too, or yeah, my Nail Tech knows how to keep a little secret. I okay. love that. I, I don't like know why. Joke. I like it. I just like the way Jack. I like the way Jack Harlow talk. Don't you know that SUVs black on black? I hate that song. Hate it. Is that the one with Pooh Shiesty? I think it, it is, is, and I yeah. hate it. Yeah, and see, I should have never said anything. Terrence is definitely a Jack Harlow hater. I'm not really a hater. Just I would just say that he's not for me. He's for the bros. What do you think about what's popping? Brand new whip just hopping. I got options. I could pass that bitch like Stockton. He got like he he got he got some wit. Sports in the top ten. Fire. He could definitely have a little concert and get the joint jumping. For sure. Back with the remix. Some. I'm a Jimmy young boy New, genius. Jimmy Neutron. I'm a young boy genius. Let me tell you, I don't like stuff like that. I'm sorry. I think it's because I grew up watching it. But for me. 
I just don't like that. Jimmy Neutron, I'm a young boy genius. Okay, that's cool, but like Loki, I think it's corny because I grew up watching that car. You know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah. But you know, people say I'm, I'm blowing up. I'm getting, I'm we getting rich like the Jetsons. It's because you, you was young as shit watching the Jetsons. <laughs> <laughs> but like, look, what, what he got a song called Parent Trap. I'm sorry, I just don't like, I just don't like it. I don't like it. What you? Think I about? wish you niggas would be more, more. You know what I'm saying? Watch, watch this. What do you think about him having Topanga in the video? Yeah, boy meets world, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Topanga was fine, bro. Yeah, bro. I told Troy, I'm just so sick of, of niggas doing shit that's already been done before. Jack Harlow, you got Topanga in your, in your video. You grew up watching Boys Meets World, bro? Shout out to J. Cole. Like Boy we, Meets World, and I'm trying to find a new Topanga and bang out. And it's my thing. Like, I'm not saying he didn't. I'm just saying rappers have already went the... I told Terrell, putting Topanga in your video is like putting Ashley from Fresh Prince in your video. It's like, that was 30 years ago. Put a 34, 38-year-old woman in your video. All right, cool. I respect shit like you putting Zendaya in your video. Or you yeah. putting Sydney Sweeney or something we all watching right now. Show your pool now. Don't show that you can do what you've seen other niggas do. Oh, I'm going to call a song on my album Parent Trap because we used to watch Parent Trap growing up. This nigga Corday named a song Coach Carter. I remember watching Coach Carter. I'm checked out, bro. I'm not listening to this shit. I don't give a fuck if I grew up watching Coach Carter. Don't worry. Corday said he gonna do it. Uh, he gonna buy to record his whole new album at his mama's house. Y'all can have it. Y'all can have the Cordays <laughs> and the Jack Harlow's, man. I'd rather stick with the old heads for real. You can call me an old head. But could somebody call you a young boy hater though? Because niggas, if as soon as I when I even ask about shit on Twitter, they say, "Yo, you a hater? You're a hater. Oh, you've been hating." I don't give a fuck no more. I listen. Y'all ever heard a thousand band funny or thousand band funny? Yeah. What's up? Who a young boy hater? <laughs> who a young boy hater? And I know who thousand band funny is. Do y'all know? You like the you like the young. Y'all heard Domino? Y'all heard Ultraviolet? I've been put on. This Let man. me tell you the young community, their music next. Yeet has the world by storm. It's, I ain't never heard so many bells and songs in years. Man, I'm just. Saying, I ain't heard this many bells since Cheap Key. To answer your question, no, I'm not a young boy hater. I just think that they not for me. They creating that music for the next gen. You know what I mean? Uh huh. I don't think that Jay Z would sit down and, and would listen to J Cole. I think he respected him and understood how good he was, but I don't see J. Cole, I mean Jay-Z, actually listening to J. Cole, Kendrick, Drake, everybody under him because he grew up listening to so much different shit. That's a terrible that example. Everybody else would probably remind him of other people, so he probably couldn't give it the real it. J. Cole is the one, Jay-Z is the one who put J. Cole on. Give him a rock chain on No, stage. no. I think he could definitely see his greatness. You don't think he would listen to J. Cole? I don't think he would listen to any of the artists under him. Not just J. Cole. I mean, like, any of the artists under him, he could respect them, but also feel like, okay, yeah, he rapping like this, and I've rapped like that before, and low-key, it's cool. He getting his money, but... I, you I think when Jay-Z's favorite uh, songs came out, it was a big list of random people. He had Playboy Cardi on his list. Remember? I don't know if you remember that year that he tweeted his favorite artist, and one of them was Playboy Cardi. One of them was. He was so why? What that make you? So why knowing that? Do you think he's not listening to people like Kendrick and J Cole? Kendrick and J Cole have all talked about. I'm not saying that he wouldn't listen to it. I'm just saying I don't think that he's when he get in his car to play music. I don't think he's gonna play anything that we would think or anything current. I definitely don't think he would play a Jack Harlow. I think Jay Z would. I think he would probably play some music take. from either. Above him or with him? Who, That's just yeah. how I be thinking. Like, That's an interesting when Nip, take. Nipsey used to talk about how he used to still listen to, like, Scarface. I still listen to old shit. 
OJ. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like Nipsey and Jay cut from that same old head cloth. I'm not out here listening to First Class and, and Nail Tech? Me? Jigga? Come he on, definitely, If you don't think Jay about to spend that new Kendrick. Now, I think he would spin it. I'm just saying, as far as like Corday Jack Harlow being a fan, I'm not in, no. I'm not in music. So, of course, Jay going to spin music. I'm just saying, I feel like that cloth of niggas... And he definitely has a more creative listen. That's more so like I want to see what this nigga did creatively. Yeah, well, but when he's chilling, I can invest in him. They be him and Beyonce. They be listening to like old bluesy shit. Yeah, and so yeah, that does make sense. I'm with B. Me and B on the same wave, and they want and, and he's beehive, but can't even relate to his girl. How? First of all, don't do that. He don't even like lemonade. Love lemonade. One of my favorites. I'm trying to rat you out to B. Beyonce, being you know, he said he didn't even like lemonade. Love lemonade. You he said he look. would rather have apple juice. I think, uh, be, I think, um, I think, um, pray you catch me is a top five Beyonce song. That's a, that's my hot take. Beyonce fans, I think it's a top five song. We don't care. Creatively, <laughs> I it, it is. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Rihanna. There's <laughs> so many different fan bases too. Nicki got a fan base. Oh, you know what? Speaking of fan bases. You want to talk about the Met Gala? Can we talk about Met? What does that have to do with fan bases? Because everybody's fan base was happy that certain people went to the Met Gala. Oh, I mean, I guess. We're going to talk about it if you don't want to. If you want to talk about no, it. No, we can now. talk about it. What and, you got? And it's not going to be. You know, well, let me tell you what I know about the Met Gala. Because I guess you did. You know, you might know more than me. Yeah. But all I know is it's a, it's a place where people just get crazy and dress up and go there. You're, it's known as the biggest fashion night of like the year. You know what I'm saying? Right. Fashion's biggest night out. Yep. And shout out to the people who might know about the Met Gala. I don't really know about the Met Gala or at least before this year. I haven't really paid attention to it. I mean, we've all seen the pictures, but I mean, I actually haven't been like doubting as to what's actually going on. on. So I did a little bit of research just to let y'all know exactly what it is if you wonder what was going on. But basically, the Met Gala is a, a fundraising benefit for the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City, right? Uh-huh. And believe it or not, most of the artists that y'all see on the red carpet are invited or basically kind of like picked up by a designer. That's why most people who are telling you what they clothes are or when they say, oh, yeah, I'm here. I'm here for, you know what I'm saying, Tom Ford. Or I'm here with, you know, Ricardo mm-hmm. Tichy. And they really, this is really the designer saying, yo... I have pieces that I want to be seen on the Met Gala, at the Met Gala where everybody's going to be looking and I want you to be in it. You know what I'm saying? Getting Beyonce or getting Rihanna. Do you know how big of a fucking deal that is? Nah, that is true. You're going to come heavy. That is true. The, the Met Gala has co-chairs. And co-chairs are basically people who like set the tone for the event. This year was Blake Lively and Ryan... Ryan uh, what's his name? Ryan... Gosling? Not Ryan. Go- Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Him and his wife. Mm-hmm. I think his wife is... That's his wife. Yeah. It was Regina King and it was Lynn. I forget that lady's name. Whitfield? No. Nah, Lynn Mwendu. She was a Spanish girl from, I mean, not Spanish. Lynn Manuel Miranda. Oh, yeah. From uh, Grey's, um, right? Hell no. Lynn Manuel Miranda is like the That's musical the, from- the musical king. I'm tripping. Why? I thought that was a lady from Grey's and that. Nah, Lynn Manuel Miranda That's did. Um, what's the movie that lost to, we, we lost to, uh, what's her name? Moonlight. La La Land. La La Land. He did La La Land. He just did uh, Tick, Tick, Boom. Him. Yeah. All right, my bad, y'all. But yeah. So, believe it or not, y'all, the Met Gala always has a theme. And this year's theme 
was basically all about American fashion. Last, it's a two-part, uh, basically a two-part thing, because last year it was basically the same thing, just a different American fashion. This year was more so like, they called it Gilded Glamour. So I was telling Terrell, think about like Downton Abbey or uh, Bridgerton. The way they dress. Oh, okay. So you remember how thing. Solomon Northup was dressing in the beginning of 12 Years a Slave? Yeah. It's almost like that. You know what I'm saying? That just gives you an idea of the theme that people should have been going for. Okay. Oh, uh, shit. Lin-, Lin Manuel did um, Hamilton, not La La Land. I'm sorry. Hamilton? Yeah. Which is even more musical. But, okay, so that makes sense why people were saying this person's not on theme. Yeah, because I was telling you, like, imagine you throw a 70s party, right? And so you thinking Afro, you thinking Bell Bottom, you thinking, you know Loud what I'm shirt. Yeah. Mm. 70s. And then somebody shows up with a big t-shirt on, headband, and grill. You're like, you're not even a part of the 70s. You definitely participated, but you're not a part of the theme. Oh, okay, yeah. So, that just lets y'all know, believe it or not, they released a theme before the Met Gala, of course, every year. So, next year, y'all should be able to tune in and see. Okay. Um, Just some fun facts about the gala. Tickets cost between 30 and 50 grand. Shit. If a designer tells you to come, you you get to come for free. So if, oh, okay. if Tom Ford says, I'm going to have Terrell go out in my piece, I want you to be there. Excuse me. I want you to be there. So, No, nah, I've just been talking too much. But look, I want you to be there so you don't got to pay. Uh, and it, it, it's so different. Like, there's people who want to go to the Met Gala who will buy outfits, donate, do all this stuff in hopes to go. So low-key, there's really oh, not shit. no real money loss. A table at the Met Gala... Between two hundred seventy-five k and five hundred thousand dollars, and that's easy money for these people. Easy, yeah, no bull. You know how you see people say, "I'm gonna pay ten thousand for a table at KOD," or "I'm gonna pay twenty-five thousand for a table at same thing." This is just a, a table at an event, and okay. people perform at the Met Gala. You got to be eighteen and older. As of like twenty fourteen, I think they made a rule you had to be eighteen and older. And you know what? It's Let's say you do pay fifty grand or thirty grand to get your piece out there. Yeah. The for the world to see your your shit, the return on investment is gonna be is gonna be great. Nah, for you sure. Know, the world that's like the world stage for fashion. Mm-hmm. And I was just basically telling Terrell, in short, that's pretty much a summary of what it is. Basically just a fundraising benefit for a museum where everybody can come out and look dope. And I was telling Terrell. It's something that I actually would one day want to go to. I would one day want to be at the Met Gala and representing maybe a lower fashion brand or somebody else's brand. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't shy away from going to that. I, I would want to, yeah, I would want, I would want to do some daring shit if I mm-hmm. want. I'm not really into fashion now, but I, I'm open about that. You know what I mean? I'm not like, you got niggas that's like, ain't nobody out here fresher than me. I'm not there yet, you know? But I'm doing my best. Them niggas be. Nah, but you know, some people have that confidence. I got that shit. Think about it. I'm not there yet, but I'm going to get there. I'm going to have that shit. I don't think I put that shit on the way that I'm capable of. You know what I mean? I'm, I think I got potential to put that shit on. The people that go to the Met Gala and are quote unquote fresh are normally the ones that people ask why they're there. Like, like um, Frank from Snowfall, Dancing Idris, Jack Harlow. And a couple other people that wore regular suits. People don't fuck with that. People nah, are like, because you're not you even here? participating for real. Like the dude that played um, Nate from um, 
uh, what is that? Euphoria? Yeah. He was there, but he had on like the, 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 he had like a suit on, but it had like shit going on with it. Yeah. So that it, was a little bit period. better, but they was giving him hell. I'm like, damn, at least he had the fucking jacket with the. For me, it's the, about the effort. And I think this time around, just kind of paying attention a little bit more, I think I'm starting to understand. I'm starting to understand fashion in that way. Y'all niggas walking around just on a regular day with certain outfits, I still don't get. Yeah. But to fit a theme, that makes it fun. You know what I'm saying? The theme next year could be, imagine the theme is like, I don't know, like, like imagine they do a Japanese theme. And then everybody's pulling ideas from Japanese fashion. Like, yeah. it would be dope. That would be dope. When you're paying attention to it. So, just letting y'all know that. I think it's dope. One day y'all might see your boy at the Met Gala flexing on niggas, looking fly as can be. He's going to look stupid as hell. I will say this. The Met Gala is very... I heard the food is I'm, trash. I'm disconnected. I'm just talking about the people. Oh, yeah. I heard about the oh. food, too. I just feel like... It just made me feel like, man, it's just certain people that are just here, and then there's this class, that class, and then Met Gala is for the, it seems like, the top tier people. You literally have to be in, invited, or you pay 30 grand. Mm-hmm. Like, people were like, why is Gunner there? I said, it makes completely complete sense why Gunner's there. He's one of the biggest artists of this year. Mm-hmm. Of course we want him on the, on the, on the carpet. And he, he has great relationships with, with, with a lot of designers. Yeah. And let me tell you, the more people I can get out there, oh, think about you as a designer. Who you got for the Met? If I was a designer, I would see you and say, hey, who did you get for the Met? So I got Jamie Foxx, I got Will Smith, I got this person, all going down in my shit. Yeah, that's, that's fire. And when they get down there, I they got say, yo, this is Terrell Mallory. Yo, I'm got on Terrell Mallory. Hey, yo, this is Terrell Mallory. It'd be like, yo, they, they, they putting me on. Like, mm-hmm. And look, when they talk about best looks, we not seeing it. They like the offensive coordinators and the coaches. We talking about the players, but they put this shit together. Yeah, no bullshit. So shout out to the Matt Gala. Shout out to my fashion people that would appreciate this little small segment. I felt like we couldn't let that Matt Gala go without talking about and, and trying to inspire some of y'all to pay attention yeah, next sure. year. Dope, because I, I you know, learned something. Yeah. I always teach you shit on it, but what does he teach me? Yeah, all right. He teaches me nothing about how to handle my emotions because I got to keep my shit together. Because I'm inches away from smacking the shit out of him every time I get... Terrence is the funny, 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 ha ha, funny. I don't even really be thinking. Y'all don't realize. I don't be really. I mean, oh, I don't do. do, don't give I us do. that. Just accept that you're funny. I but hate people say I don't be. I don't even be trying. I don't even be. The niggas that'll say Terrence can do stand up comedy. No, I can't, bro. I can't get up on stage in front of niggas. Nah, I'm not gonna say can't because can't should never be in a man's vocabulary. What movie, Terrence? Love and basketball. Right. He was like, shit. Ah, uh, Quincy. He said, what I tell you about saying that word? Can't should never be in a word man's vocabulary. Why not? Because if you say can't, you ain't a man. Then look, his he wife was like, was like, that's right. His wife looked at him. He was like, oh, yeah, don't say shit. Love that fucking movie. And y'all <laughs> tried to say it was trash. <laughs> Gina Prince coming with the, uh, she doing the Viola Davis uh, woman slave joke. That man put on an Oscar performance. He went through despair his whole time. Look, oh. What did he say? Oh, Wendy, please don't start bitching. Yeah. <laughs> he had to get into it. He was it. a trash-ass nigga. He was a trash dad. He was trash. You know what? Black trash men, I mean, trash black men in movies don't get the benefit of the doubt for the acting they do because we so focused on them being trash. It ruins careers. Tyler Perry ruined that bald dude's career. We don't even talk about his performance. That's, that's Wood Harris's brother. His performance was so good, we don't like the nigga in real life. <laughs> Bokeem Woodwine? 
or whatever his name is. Uh huh. He's really crazy. We really think that motherfucker's crazy. We don't think he's a good actor. We don't think he's Anthony Hopkins. We think, nah, I'm keeping that motherfucker away from me. You know what? You're saying this in a joking fashion, but it's actually kind of true. Very true. Bokeem Woodbine is one of the most diverse actors of the last 30 years. He could play. He could have played Candyman. Nah, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, could he, could do, he could do so much, but we really do like think he's crazy in real life. When you go from doing Jason's lyric to Dead Presidents to all the other shit he's done, yeah, you look crazy. He did a movie with Pac, didn't he? He did yes. do a movie with Pac and Woody Harrelson. Yes, I remember that movie. I forget what it's called. I, it called too. I love that movie. But um, you're right about the dude from Dive and Mad Black Woman. He was so good in he that role. He was so good <laughs> that we don't like him in real life. Black women to this day see him in frown. Yeah, and Tyler Perry just hates brown skin and dark skin niggas. He loves light skin men that love Jesus. Yeah, Tyler Perry haven't done us pretty good, y'all. Not the not the brown and, and dark. He always got a light. I know y'all seen the episode of the Boondocks, but Tyler Perry is just anyway. He like, he was the first one that ran to his man Will Smith when Will had to slap. He saw that light skinned man in trouble. He came a running. See, I didn't like that. You know, a part of me didn't like the fact that Denzel Washington and Tyler Perry was talking to Will Smith. I said, come on, get some more whites down there. Let's not try to make it look like get y'all man. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Don't try to call on the blacks to, to come control the nigga. But you know what? That's not true. So you're looking at, see, see this is where I teach That's you That's how something. I looked at one side of it. You're right. This is how, this how I teach you something because you're looking at it the wrong way. I said that was a side of it. The at. people that stood by Will... Were those who was his brother? Were those who was his brothers? They actually got up and said, "Nah, we got you." Oh, but, okay, so, but because all the other white folks that was down there, what they do? You. They stayed seated. I will give you that. They was gonna leave that man to be. But remember what own. you just said about Tyler Perry. That's why I said, "Okay, Tyler Perry, why you down there for real? You know what I mean? Why you down there? Tyler Perry the was. He was down there flirting, down wiping. Help the bros. He was down there flirting, wiping sweat. I, hold on, wait, hold my, hold my drink. I gotta go help the bros. Yeah. <laughs> Don't nobody even say bros. I'm about to go chill with the bruh. No, it's called bruh. It's called, his show is called bruh. Mom was like, look, I like it. I like it. I said, you over 50. <laughs> you supposed to like it. You the core audience like shit. We're going to get canceled. All right, bet. I did want to talk about the great resignation. I don't know if anybody has heard about it, but in the month of March, 4.5 million Americans quit their jobs. Adding on to the whatever million that quit in Q4 of last year. So now there's currently 11.5 million jobs available. Let's turn up. That and means so, that people that's listening to this, if you're not happy, remember what he said? Pick up the phone and start dialing. And start dialing. Pick it up. That's a fact. And that's, that's one of the main reasons why we started a podcast with that. But um, I wanted to read you a stat. Um, based on the, the people that quit... It's not due to money. The number one reason people quit, uh, based on the survey that who did, I forget the name of the people that did it, but it's not the money that's making people quit. Um, in this study, only 3.2% of people, no, people are quitting because of high levels of innovation, aka I'm going to start my own business, so I'm going to do this, at three times the level of people that are quitting for money. So it is people that are quitting their jobs and saying, Bet I'm leaving because I'm gonna start my new job, but people are ten times like oh more likely to quit or have quit because of toxic culture. Mm. And it's funny because 
My boy Kai 302 was like, yo, do y'all have any advice for if you're working with somebody that just treats you like shit or is or talk to you any kind of way, whatever? That's 100 percent the reason why motherfuckers is leaving. Damn for real. They tired of that old structure, that old traditional work culture where it feels like a pyramid or trust me, I've been there. Y'all know I've been there. Mm-hmm. I've seen the up and down politics of being at the bottom and being at the very top and having to kiss ass. Yeah. You got to kiss this motherfucker's ass over here to try to, bro, I, I, it's, I remember being told, hey, you see that dude right there? You want to make sure you get a, make a relationship with him. That's the person you want to make a relationship with because when shit happened, they're going to look at you. All right, bet. Hey, in this room, this person going to be there. This person going to be there. Mm-hmm. And so it, it gets tougher. You think it's t- tough to get that first promotion, but right. once you get closer and closer to where you want, like a couple levels up, where you're not just a first tier like leader, it's way more, way more, way more um, politics. Yeah, 100. And that shit driving people out. And to, just to speak on a toxic work environment, I can guarantee the work environment is way more toxic now with it being post-pandemic and yep. everybody scrambled to change their business operations. Everybody scrambled to try to meet the pandemic and said, fuck people. Yep. Remember we remember when we worked at Best Buy, Best Buy was all about people first. We're all about people, people, people. That shit went smooth down the drain when the pandemic came. Uh, we a company that was the- all about people was letting mad people go. Remember, even before the pandemic, they was letting niggas go. They was calling that shit a... Uh, and then they was reporting that it's crazy because we watched... Hella managers lose their job from from me from like a market level, and then when the wall when the um when the uh, what the fuck they call it what they reported to Wall Street when the earnings report came back they said yeah we made some um what did they call it I never forget budget cuts or some shit yeah we yeah we cut expenses Damn. they said we cut expenses and we was like ooh that mm. the, the expenses was motherfucking people. I'll never forget when that shit started and we was watching Target say, oh, we're doing this. And then we was like, what the fuck are we, what the fuck what are are we, we doing? doing? Yeah. But I did want to talk about that because it's crazy. When we had the Great Depression um, or in, with the recession, it was yeah. so many people out of work that businesses had, we are not hiring signs on their doors just because it was so many people coming in trying to find a job. Now, same situation where a lot of people are out of work. But it's the opposite. Now you got millions of people quitting the jobs, or millions of people that are millions of jobs that are open, and some of those same businesses have weird hiring signs up outside. And my trying to get motherfuckers to work. A good question to the people who would quit and who would say, "Oh, it was a toxic environment." Well, what made the t- the environment toxic, really? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Does it does being in a pandemic help that influence that? And then check this. Does the world being filled with everyone telling you to do more influence? Terrell showed me the video that I'm sure a lot of y'all might have saw with that that guy on TikTok who was talking about how some people just don't want to be a a, an entrepreneur, a hustler, and have five businesses. They just want to have a job. But like the pressure of everybody telling you, man, you you could do this, man. You need to stop, man. You don't need to be worried about no nine to five. You don't see nothing like that, nothing but that shit online. When you go to work, of course it's going to be toxic. We all in that joint, not looking at it to progress, just looking at it as like a stopping a point. Nah, you know what I'm saying? True. Go look at the train station, and then go look at the bus stop. It's going to look different. I don't think that one's going to hit the same. No, nah, I actually like that, though. You know what I'm saying? But this is what I'll tell you. And, and this is you write, you write about that, and this lady was saying on Twitter, I was um, reading a thread, where she was like, I get it. 
Everybody's framing this great resignation as the start that business, start that this and that. And I'm 100% behind that. Yeah. But um, she said, just be real careful that you're not giving up your only means of stability on something that on could potentially dream, yeah. put you way under because you don't know. Um, but with that said, I did want to say, look, it's the, about to be the summer. Um, at this point, we have way through the year. Yeah. I'm not going to be the person that's going to get up here and say, start that business. Start that whatever. I'm just going to say this. Take that very first step that you hesitating on taking. It could be watching a video on YouTube because you want to learn more about it. Or I was said I was going to buy this book. Mm -hmm. Or, you know what? I was going to do this first and then I was going to start this. Whether you try and get in shape, start a business, whatever, just take that first step. And it's like, what are you waiting for? You literally don't Not have no show. fucking time to wait. For real. I can't, I can't help but think about like, uh, speaking of the Met Gala, I was telling you, Emma Chamberlain was the host or one of the hosts, something on, on the red carpet. And I think she did exactly what Liza Koshy did the year before. I don't know mm -hmm. if you remember that, but like those are two girls who just came from YouTube, set their camera up, stood in front of it, got some people following them, and then they're able to be on the Met Gala. That's true. Floor with with pieces designed by artists. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. They're not going home to millions on millions on millions of dollars and all of this success like a lot of other people who might be there. But they have their own at their level. You could be standing at the Met Gala in 2024. And you're going to say, damn, this, I'm standing here because I made that decision to start whatever. Yeah. Everybody that's at the Met Gala is not a singer or an actor or whatever. You know what I'm saying? That's true. There's a lot of people there that don't do none of that. Some people are just, just first-tier models that was hustling, walking you get runway, at the bed, runway, you get and the Met Gala for whatever. Yep. You get famous for whatever you're doing or you blow up doing whatever you're doing. That's a fact. And you manifest that, you can go. Yep. That's awesome. just what that told me. Like, all right, yeah. bad. Emma Chamberlain doing this shit. That was dope to see. It was. It's dope to see that. Because we watched it. You're right. We watched Liza Koshy do it the year before. The year before. Mm -hmm. And it was like, damn. Look at Liza out there. Yeah. So that's dope. Shout out to Emma Chamberlain. 120 shit. But in regards to what you were saying, it's just more like the sky's the limit type shit. Yeah. And then I hate yeah. when people, that's why I said, I hate when people say, um, start that business. Because sometimes that could be a lot to hear. But you know how you'd be like, you know what? I wanted to get into real estate. I would say I was going to watch a few videos or buy like a book on it. All right, bet. Start that, start that process of buying that book or watching that one YouTube video that you said you was going to watch because you wanted to get better at or whatever. Right. Like I just bought the cryptocurrency for dummies. And I'm real excited about that joint. I'm looking at that joint like it's a fucking workbook. Only because... Some people learn different. I feel like I can talk to one of my homies about it, and I have, but I feel like I want to make sure that I educate myself. I don't want to go through one guy who learned from somebody. You know what I mean? Even yeah. though I'm reading text from a girl who wrote the book, and I'm basically getting it from somebody, I just felt like this is me doing my own research. That way, when I do have these conversations with other people, I'm not so green. They not just yeah. telling, they not talking to somebody who ain't read something, you know? Yeah. And you know what? Oh, my bad. Well, you got it. I was going to say, it feel, like the gen it feel like this new generation isn't on that, I'm about to enjoy my 20s wave like, like we were thinking when we were in our young 20s. Remember? Yeah, enjoy your 20s and enjoy not Enjoy your 20s. 
I feel like they're more stressed that they should be in a place where where we have to tell them you're only this twenty three. Chill. Most of the advice that I give is that yeah. when I, when when these young niggas call me, they be like, "Yo, I'm just I've been working the same job," and I'm and I'll read their whole shit and then I'll go back up and see that they said I'm I'm nineteen. Yeah. And it's like you've been working the same job for three years, nigga. That means you've been you got three years of work experience. So you ha- you can't even drink yet. And you're only nineteen. Do you know that I had zero work experience at 21? Right. I had to come home and find a job to put on my resume because school wasn't going to work. Come on, bro. You're ahead of the game and you keep telling yourself you're behind. But you know, you're, beha- you're ahead of the game. But you know what's telling people they're behind? You know it. Everybody Every, else? Everything that everything they see. Else? Everybody else's highlight reel says, oh, look, I just bought my girl two. I swear, I hate Valentine's Day. I hate Christmas. I hate all of that shit on Twitter. I love it in real life. I hate it on Twitter. And Instagram and shit. It legit pre- depresses people. It depresses you because normally you would de- get depressed when you go to school and you don't have a, de- a Valentine and you're seeing everybody. Or you're out in public. Now you can't even sit in the comfort of your home because when you get on your social media, it's like going out. You're mm-hmm. going to see everything. Yep. So look, don't get on your social media. But you know, everybody knows that that nowadays seems to be You'll an be impossibility. Behind. It is. It just you just gotta under, you just gotta be make sure you watch that shit with a filter, like yeah. put a watch that shit with a different lens, cause that like, most of the shit isn't real. Man, you see these two nines on your phone? Look at your phone right now. Whatever you listen to this on, you see the two nines on there? We done made ninety nine weeks, and this shit ain't been nothing. Me and Terrell started from nothing. This, and this is just a testament. Of, look, this is this still really ain't shit. I'm keeping it a hundred with y'all. Me and Terrell keep this going for the people that listen to it. Is it millions? On top of millions? No. Nope. I'm telling you. Y'all see, if you're watching on YouTube, our podcast videos don't get nearly the amount of views that another video me and Terrell might do. But do we let that tell me and Terrell, man, this shit not working, man. Nobody listen to this shit. No. Right. It's two nines on your phone for a reason because we kept this shit going. And I feel like your 99 weeks is, you know what I'm saying? You start that. Me nah, and Terrell yeah. did uh, probably spent ninety nine weeks saying, you know what, we should start a podcast. We should start. Yep. It's sure. And, and you know what's crazy? I remember that first episode got 300, 300 listens or something. We got like three hundred. Three hundred. And 300, we 400. knew we had a a bigger subscriber base on YouTube. We yeah. had like two thousand listens first first listens. Right? We was a nah, little I'm bit talking more about made that, than that. I'm talking about that first. I'm, I, I know. I'm just thinking about the first day. Okay. Yeah. So I was thinking, damn, we got three hundred, not three hundred. We got two hundred thousand YouTube subscribers. But we only had like 300 listens on the first day. Mm-hmm. And we were still kind of getting the pod being. We hadn't really marketed or anything, anything like that yet. And, but it began, was, and it, those podcasts in the beginning was so like rough. Yeah. It was rough. We just, it, look, it was, we pandemic born. Pandemic, pandemic born. And we was like, whatever. Our parents was living with us. We did that shit in Terrence's room. Yeah, right. Remember we argued so bad. Mom and dad was like, yo, y'all can't do that shit. Yeah, for real. Because we were just going back and forth on like creating it. I was about to beat his ass. <laughs> Money <laughs> and shit, man. But yeah, man. That's actually not nah, not for real. That's why I tell people take that first step. That first step. It's lead. all about that first step. You got it. Just a pivot. Gotta talk about the Roe versus Wade leak. Not for real. For sure. I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to add on the last topic, but No, nah, no, nah, let's get right to it. You got the backstory? For the most part, if you don't know what Roe versus Wade was, that was the the I don't even know what to call it. I'm not gonna say a law. 
Roe versus Wade was a law that was placed for abortion. Yeah. So basically, it protects like a case. Yeah. It was a case, but the, it was like after that, it was a yeah, yeah. So basically, it it protects women's right to uh, have an abortion. Mm-hmm. And apparently, there's some. Uh, what is it? They're trying to overturn it. I I know that there was a document that leaked that apparently was a draft of a Supreme Court majority opinion striking down uh, Roe versus Wade. And to overturn Roe versus Wade could could mean a lot of things. And that's why y'all saw a lot of people and still probably seeing a lot of protests and a lot of the pro-choice yep. people definitely getting on their horse and getting out there because to overturn Roe, and Wade, Roe versus Wade could mean that your every woman's access to abortion would be dependent on where they live in the United States. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yep. not no overall umbrella thing. Now you would have a bunch of states, you know what I'm saying, being able to choose exactly how they would limit access to abortions. Right. Like you got Kentucky that implemented a 15-week rule. If you pass 15 weeks, can't get an abortion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where some people find value in that, some women find like the choice is not mine. Right. You know it's 100% not. And honestly, it will. You go ahead. No, you got it. You can add. I bet. Um, what I wanted to say about this is like I get this is what I'll say. I think this is a a bunch of bullshit. I think it's a bunch of men that are making decisions for it's a bunch of people that can't have an abortion that can't even get pregnant that are making the decisions on telling this person they shouldn't because this is what I believe in. Right, and that's my biggest issue with it. My biggest issue with it is these this Christian purity. That to me is also not the not the Christian purity, but the this thought process that a lot of these conservative Christians have to me is bullshit. And I'm gonna tell you why. Because they'll say the the Bible t- or not the Bible, they'll say, uh, I believe that life starts at conception. And so Jesus, I watched this girl with this uh, this video this girl was talking about. Jesus is God is good and Jesus will whatever. And she was like, I believe that, you know, life starts at conception. There's a lot of people, whether you're conservative or not, that are might be heavy Christian and they believe that. Yeah. That is completely fine. There is absolutely nothing wrong with you thinking that. Where it's wrong is for you to tell everybody in the world or in the country that may not be Christian, may not have those beliefs, yeah, this needs to happen or this needs to be overturned because this is what I believe in. Right. And it's men that's doing it on top of that. My question is, y'all draw the line at abortion. You know, I, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to make it a race thing. To me, it's just always funny listening to some of these people talk. This is a tragedy. Our own president, Joe Biden, 40 years ago when they tried to overturn this, he voted for it. He said, I view every abortion as a tragedy. And I think that we should definitely put something in place to where they um they can't just easily do that. Cool. So y'all are so pressed to save these babies. Right. But y'all killed motherfuckers for 400 years. Put motherfuckers. Where was the purity then? You're just this is not about life. This shit is literally about politics. Having control over what women can do. Damn you. It it is nothing more than that to me. It, it just, I just, it just, to me, it's, this shouldn't even really be a thought. When people, when you talk to people that are conservative about it, I'm about to let you rock. They, no, you got it. They say shit like, 
I believe that life starts here. Or they'll just say it. Life starts at conception because that baby can't make its own decision. That baby can't. Okay, but you're not carrying it. Right. So you shouldn't be able to make the decision. And when did y'all get so motherfucking pure? Been raping and pillaging and killing people for years. But y'all draw the line at abortion. This government has killed more, quote unquote, babies than 30 more years of women and having abortions could. Nah, no bullshit. And that's where that's where this shit is like almost laughable to me. It's like y'all so care about y'all aren't pro life. You've never been pro life. We got six hundred thousand. I'm sorry, six six something hundred million homeless motherfuckers, and we're sending thirty three billion to Ukraine. Y'all don't give a fuck about life. You don't look at the li- look at what we did to the people who didn't even have nothing to do with like the wars that we was in earlier. You know what I'm saying? Right. Bombing on countries like it's nothing. And we give a fuck for real about life, you know, and then, yeah. But, I mean, I'm not speaking on whatever because I understand pro-choice versus pro-life. I'm pro-choice. I believe that women should be able to make the final choice. If you're going to force them to take care of this baby for 18 years, I feel like they have a choice on whether they should, should have it. I think putting in little limits, if the abortion is very dangerous and could harm you, I do think there should be something in line that could say at least, hey, look, this is very, at this point, this is very dangerous and we advise against it. I mean, but you could still choose to. You know what I'm saying? Not for sure. Or we could advise to not do it, but you could go somewhere else who would feel some, you know, if it's something like that, where it's still up to the ladies to choose, I think they should do that. And the bad thing is that it's going to lead to. Y'all overturning this doesn't mean that the people that want abortions aren't going to get abortions. Nah. It means that they're going to find a way to do it, which is more dangerous. And that's exactly what I want to talk about. it's more life-threatening. Yep. Your access to abortion is now going to be, you know what I'm saying, almost based around your socioeconomical status. Yep. Meaning the only thing now, not only do you have to think about the price of the actual abortion, but you got to think about how you're going to get there, taking and making it so that certain state legislatures can make their own abortion laws. It's going to be certain states that ban it completely. It's certain states that will vote to ban it completely. You know what I'm yep. saying? So you're going to have women driving hundreds of miles, paying for gas, trying to find... Look, you're going to have doctor's offices filled out the wazoo because only specific people will be able to do it. Specific states allow. You're going to have women traveling all over the place with babies. It could just be chaos... For, I mean, can you imagine that? No, nah, for real. All the women that might have to get a, you know, even there's a two pill medicine, uh, a two pill medicine abortion that you could take. You just take two pills, and there's states that are coming out trying to limit people's access to that. Yeah, that's why it's like, yo, these resources that these women have, fellas, it really, it really ain't up to us. You know? Not really. To me, that should be a what y'all trying to do. I don't think we should be in charge of any of it. I don't even think we should be in charge of. Nothing. Like Kanye got on stage and he was crying because he was like, my dad wanted my mom to abort me or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. My mom could have aborted me and then I wouldn't have been here. And I felt like I totally understood what he was talking about about that. Like, I understand that. Like, some people do see life as a, yo, you're robbing them as an opportunity uh-huh. by aborting them. You know? So, mm-hmm. it's to me, it's situational, but to me... Like you said, bro, you ain't helping raise it. You shouldn't be speaking on it. 
You don't have to carry this baby. What if somebody, because they're not thinking about like things like people always say these examples, but like rape. Somebody gets raped. Yeah, they should. They have to have the baby because life begins at conception because y'all believe that. What if I don't believe that? You know what I'm saying? Right. If you get raped, will you still believe that? Probably not. And they killed that, uh, they killed that white lady for saying, what if all of your daughters got raped by black men? Would y'all be against it then? Because people were saying, what does that mean? Does that mean black? Why are you saying it like black men? Are? Nah, she's not trying. She wasn't saying it like black men are animals or anything like that. She, she was said, saying that a lot of these. We know who, how y'all fucking act. We know how y'all look at it. Right. We, the, the, all we know these how you, men. Uh-huh. We, y'all know exactly how y'all would act. Y'all be first in line at the clinic to, to, to try and get rid of that baby. And that's why I said this shit is a not about life. And we're not trying to turn it. Terrell be trying to turn shit into. I'm not turning I, it into I'm a race a, thing. I'm not either. Know? I'm not either. I'm just saying, first of all, nothing in the world is, is minus race. At least in our world. At least in America, you're right. Or in my I'm world. Saying, for, I'm but, also talking about abortion. But yeah, so for the, for the overall, that's it. That's it. I just wanted to use that example because that's true. Yeah. Nah, for but, sure, um, 100. But yeah. But yeah, me and Terrell are pro-choice, man. We think the ladies should be able to pick. Definitely open to hearing everybody's thoughts and opinions. And I think everybody has their own life that they live. But me, for me, I say pro-choice. Ladies, y'all should be able to pick that shit of y'all own. Fellas, what if they got, what if they, everybody had to vote on what we did without like, you know, I don't know. Can y'all imagine? We'd be throwing a fucking fit. It's nothing that really compares because we don't have anything that. You see all these women saying shit like they don't even need it. They don't need it. You're like, how the fuck you know what we need? Yep. So. Annoying. The foot always get it done. Annoying. But um, switching again, uh, Drake signed that deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of 2021, people are saying it's 400 million. It's really six. And it's um, the uh, the only reason why I said that is because on a lemon pepper freestyle, he said Patty Mahomes about to fall short a couple hundred. And I'm thinking, I was thinking, I was just thinking before they even announced that he got this deal. Yeah. I was like, why did he say that about Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> I was thinking. Wow, and that's what he was talking about. Yeah, he said sign sealed delivered. I fucked the notary public. She witnessed me sign off on some unbelievable, undeniable numbers on that joint. And I was like, damn, he did say that. Remember, mm. he said, uh, I wonder who that was. That heart just that. turned purple, 360 up front, it all comes full circle. Oh, okay, yeah. No, I was thinking, oh, okay, cool, niggas get 360 deals, deals and he like just kind of brought 360 million back. But he really, that was, three, I'm getting 360 million up front now. So up front, I got a 360 deal, but now, dope. Dope for him. Honestly, whatever. It's Drake. That's about to say. I really, I mean, I just thought that was, really, we don't even know why he got the money for it. It's just how he just signed a $600 million deal. But they said it's going to have like a, a bunch of shit to it. Whatever. I just like the fact that them lines came true months later. We didn't know what the fuck nah, he was talking sure. about in December. Damn, I didn't even know that. Uh, You want to talk Ozark? We can definitely talk Ozark. Damn, the bad thing about Ozark is we can't really talk without spoiling it. Can we not? We can I can, I guess. Ozark was Ozark put out the last eight episodes. If you watched it, or if you don't watch, um, it was cool. But I we was, finished it. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. I was satisfied. Were you satisfied with it? I told Terrell it was it was definitely a satisfying ending. I understand people not liking the way it ended, or like not liking the, the way certain things goes because this is the end of a show. It's gonna happen. But I do think that we were given. 
a thrill ride to the very end. And I felt like the show ended the same way that it started. If you think about it, the show starts kind of with a, damn, what's going on? But you kind of understand what could have been going on. Right. And the show ends the same way where you're like, wow, I wonder what's going to happen, but I can kind of just think about what could have happened. I told you, I felt like the end of the season, and they're not just going to bring it back. Like, it didn't feel like a finale, but also feels like they could come back with a whole nother season. Nah, yeah. You didn't feel that, that closure that you get. Mm-mm. You remember how The Wire ends with McNulty on the bridge? Or Breaking Bad ends. And they play or... back every se- clips from every season mm-hmm. to end, and it ends with the... The Baltimore City? Sky, Baltimore you, City you, line? Uh-huh. You remember the, uh, the, the Wire theme song? Boom, boom. That's boom, the end. Boom, <laughs> that's what they ended with. No, they did, but they played the way down in the garden at the end. Remember? Yep. They played at the oh, end. Yeah. It just felt like the show was ending. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Breaking Bad a little bit. It was like, all right, it's over. Yeah. The Marty, the Marty and Wendy shit seemed like they still got shit to get out of. Yeah. And I understand that I like their decision to say we're going to hang it up right here. Yeah. We're not going to press it. We're not going to try to fight through. Nah. I like the way that they ended it. And I'm going to tell y'all, the best shows end. The best shows and the worst shows try to capitalize on the fact that y'all still watching. And keep going. They not, they not making the show for the story no more. They making it for you. And at that point, even though it feels good, it might not actually be good. So look, one thing that I really liked about Ozark was the way that they maintained all of the characters. Uh, every character seemed to stay true to themselves throughout the whole show, especially within their family. The Marty Bird family. Yep. I love Scarlett and or Charlotte and Jonah's sisterhood and brotherhood. I'm sorry. That that family, their sibling relationship was just dope for every season and yeah. rang through to the very last episode. Like, I absolutely love that they kept that going. Um, there's things that I didn't like about the show. I try and be less judgmental, but this show, at least, I told you, gave us a, a, a thrill ride to the end. We were yeah. wondering what's going to happen in the end. I was heartbroken on certain parts. I'm not going to spoil nothing. But I was just heartbroken at the very end. Like, but yeah. Yeah. You know? And you know what I will say? Like, you don't get to see good character arcs Mm-mm. often. Mm-mm. We just be dealing with bullshit shows. Nope. And so, to see Marty's arc and what he ended up becoming where it's like, he was once this way, but he now was he's once this the, way. This timid, oh shit person that in season one, oh shit, he kind of wasn't scared of shit for real at the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we be watching some shitty character arcs on some other shows. You I'm know, telling you. where nothing's happening and you just like, all right. We just watching just because they've been there. They don't really add anything that we give a fuck about. Right. Nothing's changing. I but was, um go ahead. I was I did want to also say I I've never really liked the way that they use hip-hop in Ozark, and a lot of people think that I'm being picky on it or that I'm missing the fact, oh, you missed it. Yeah, in the beginning of the, in the, beginning of the show, Wyatt and uh, Ruth had connections through hip Look, I'm watching the same fucking show y'all watching. I did not miss it. I just think that it's just annoying when they give certain characters hip-hop to use as like a, almost like a drug, you know what I mean? I'm about to smoke this weed because I'm tripping. I'm going to take these pills because I'm tripping. Or I'm going to be drinking because I got a lot going on in my life. 
in certain situations, certain movies and shows, people would do the same thing with hip hop. I'm going through a lot of my life, so now I'm gonna just listen to this Biggie. And now we starting the scene with Biggie, and now y'all want to start the scene with Ten Crack Commandments, and then you got this white person sitting there listening to Ten Crack Commandments. Fuck out of here! I told Terrell. Don't make me, you're not going to make me believe that Ruth is this big fan of hip-hop, but nothing she do exudes anything hip-hop. You know what I mean? You don't even have it in your vocabulary. That's why I felt like, look, I mean, is it that big of a deal? No, but also, I'm gonna, that's why I don't like it. Because I feel like our music not used for, our music is always, moment. it's always used for, the energy and moving the scene. If y'all peep Ozark, the way they use the hip hop is normally after some crazy shit happened and they moving the scene, they going here, or she's sitting there. Ruth might be listening to it, but peep how she on the move. Or peep how she about to go do something. Because hip hop and high energy music is used in film to move the scene. Anybody that watched the episode, I mean, that actually watched Ozark and you finished it. Peep how that, that scene where it was a real lovey-dovey scene Peep how it wasn't no hip-hop. And it was some hit on, 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 all that stuff, <laughs> that shit. It was that when it was a real lovey scene. Oh, but when you about to act crazy or When you was ready to go murder somebody, when it you was not. Murder time, now you listening to Illmatic. That's what I don't like about it. Because if you really was out here saying or really living on hip-hop and we knew you had the connection, it would be different. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, okay, this is just for the show. Yeah. This ain't even right. really... It didn't really feel like a part of her. That was the only thing that I really didn't like about it. Or if the if y'all really had the flashback and it was supposed to be a lovey dovey flashback, why not use why the, y'all not why not use it that if that was what y'all listened to together? Right. You see, and this is why people try, people be trying to make excuses for things that they're fans of, right? Artists, shows, anything. Mm-hmm. They just make an excuse because you're a fan and not thinking about it logically. That's why now people say, "Oh, you a hater." Now people would just say, "If you don't agree with what people think about their favorite thing." Right. He'll be like, oh, you hating. No, nah, I yeah. actually have a film degree and I'm not, I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah, and we I'm not actually, about to argue with you niggas. And we're not watching this shit the same. We're not. I'm sorry. We're not watching it the same. The only thing I will say is, though, is the Nas also, I wouldn't have been too mad at the hip hop angle if it was a more personal. Yeah. I felt like it was personal. This, this is my thing. What if Ruth found the Illmatic CD or. Ruth was in a situation in the first season where she was sitting somewhere and what she was going through, they kept Illmatic on repeat. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Little shit like that are easy ways to give your characters that characteristic. Yeah, and it pays the arc off in the end. Pays your arc off in the end. When you just say, we're going to take this country-ass white boy, put him on a bus and have him listen to Biggie because he's depressed. Nah. Yeah, don't make sense. It's a cool, edgy thing. But me, I see that as not. Yeah, that shit is creme brulee. Soft under the surface. It doesn't make sense. The um, um, game of, like people have watched. Y'all have watched Game of Thrones. Y'all have seen something from season one. Like when this is a random flashback from Game of Thrones, but one of the things that was kind of like the one of the craziest TV watching experiences ever in like my TV watching history was Arya's dog Nymeria. She lost that joint in season one when she was a fucking little girl. Right. Season fucking four or whatever, she gets lost in the woods surrounded by them dogs. And I was like, God damn, they going to kill done. her. They gonna She's kill done. She's done. All of a sudden, that joint came up from the back. And I was like, 
That's her fucking dog that she gave away. And literally, like the what, what I'm feeling in my body right now is exactly what I felt. It's like, that's good. This is good TV. That yeah. You make me as a viewer feel like all hope is gone. And and what rescues her, I feel just like her. Yeah. Because just like she know, we know. If you've been really watching. Right. It was some people who watched that scene and was like, you know whose dog is that? Because they might not have been paying attention. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Bro. But now we got to watch Frank and, and Oso get out of the cage because the dude went up there and they was getting ready to get killed by the tiger. But, oh, a key fell right under. And then now all of a sudden that same tiger's out of the cage when they go back. And he doesn't kill Frank. He kills the other guy. Right. And he didn't, didn't even think about it. Motherfucker didn't have any. That tiger was waiting to eat his owner the whole time. You know? That tiger pounced on his ass as soon as he got his arms through that joint. Like, you don't got no control, but you've been feeding people to it. But this it is your first time somebody sense. tried to get away? Look, then Frank went back up there to get the briefcase or the suitcase. And then, look, <laughs> Lion came and saved him from the dude. And then how the fuck he get away? I guess he ate. I guess the Lion said, like, I'm, good. I'm good with this right here, bro. You good. <laughs> Ridiculous. Ridiculous. But you know what? Since we talked about some bad TV, I do got good TV. Um... Better Call Saul is phenomenal, man. This new, this past episode was was like one of them filler middle episodes, but it's the final season. If you haven't watched, if you're a Breaking Bad fan, all of the seasons are on Netflix, and then the new season is on the AMC Plus app, which is bullshit. I had to pay nine dollars for it. The AMC Plus, but um, uh, to be getting that nigga for some months. Mayans is back, and Mayans is on fire. If you if you if you watched Sons of Anarchy. It's just a it's just a lot of sequel prequel sequel and spinoffs TV. Mm -hmm. And then my movie suggestion of the week, you wanna you wanna just knock that out? Uh what was my movie suggestion of the week? Yeah, go ahead. My movie suggestion of the week isn't a movie, y'all. It's TV. We own this city is a six part um show. Same create David Chase, same people that made the uh the wire. It's got some of the same characters from the wire that's in it. And it's great. It's based in, and I'll just tell you this. Yeah. It's based in that pre and post Freddie Gray era of Baltimore. And it's based around how the police, how corrupt uh. the police was. It specifically focuses on this gun task force, but man, so fucking good. And that actually sounds good. Like, and the cops be like, look, yeah, see, this, see, they stopped doing that shit after Freddie, but they still was doing this. And it showed, bro, you know how they put Freddie Gray in the back of that van? They showed him like putting people in the vans, throwing people in there. And this is pre-Freddy. This is like 05, 06. And then they jump up to 2017 for when that happens. Bro, first, first of all, John Bernthal is one of the most underrated actors of all time. He stars in the show. And I really like him. Girl from uh, the girl that was drinking the potion in, damn, what's that show T.W. like with Tick in uh, Lovecraft Country? Oh, the okay, yeah, the girl who played Ruby. Ruby, yeah, yeah. she's in it. It's a bunch of people in it. So that's my, that's my, that's my TV... Uh, movie suggestion of the week. My movie suggestion of the, me, of the week, we're going to take it a little bit left. One of my favorite movies, and this is kind of like an embarrassing fave, but I'm really not embarrassed because I just fucking love this movie. It's called Midnight in Paris, man. I'm sorry. I love that I love that movie. One of my favorite uh, people ever that walked this earth, Nipsey Hussle, fuck with the movie too. Because he, uh, he had a line that said something like, We can do something at midnight in Paris like Owen Wilson or some shit like that. Midnight in Paris like Owen Wilson. I said, Nipsey, look, you see? <laughs> you see Midnight in Paris, Nipsey? 
<laughs> but Midnight in Paris stars Owen Wilson. It has Rachel McAdams. What's what's uh Maul's name from uh Inception? I have no idea what uh, her real Ma- name is. Ma- Mal. Her name is Maul, but her real name is Don't Say It. I'm gonna, I'm rem- to tell I'm gonna right remember now. her name. What well, if you, you tell me the first, first what's her first name? Marion. I don't know. Her, her name is Marion Cotiller. Co- That's it. Marion Cotiller. I'm just telling y'all this. Midnight in Paris is basically about this dude. I'm not even going to tell y'all what it's about. Because <laughs> I feel like if I tell you what it's about, you're not going to fuck with it. But I fuck with it because of the movie. I, I don't know. The movie just made me feel real good. I've, it's a movie about like this dude who goes back in time and he's like experiencing like all of these people who are, who are like, who made like great literature. It sounds real boring. But, like, I'm telling you, that shit is so good. Midnight in Paris, Owen Wilson. I'm actually not a fan Woody of Woody Allen. Wilson. Yeah. Woody Which Allen. means you're going to get some good dialogue. Nah, 100%. 100%. And that was when I was in my Woody Allen phase. That's when I watched Manhattan and I was watching Blue fucking, Jasmine. I watched Blue Jasmine. I mean, but Blue Jasmine had just came out back then. Yep. And Blue Jasmine was up for, uh, uh, for uh, Oscar. Uh, Kate Blanchett. Uh, yeah. That's why I ended up, that's what got me into Woody Allen. But I watched all of his early films. And he had some very weird films. You know what Manhattan's about? It's about like a 47-year-old dude who's dating like a 13-year-old girl. And then when you watch the movie, Makes sense, Woody. you'll be like, damn, he way older than her and she look young. He don't be like having sex with her or nothing. But like, mm-hmm. it's like, and then he stops talking to her, starts talking to an older chick who happens to be Meryl. Sounds like a Woody Allen special. Y'all go watch but, Midnight in Paris. I should have gave y'all a doper. I, I could have gave y'all something dope. No, nah, that's great. That's great. That, that's a great, that's a great that, thing. And we started with a dope movie recommendation. Biker Boys. <laughs> if you haven't Hold seen away, Biker where, Boys. Where can you find your last film so people can last find it? Last one you can find. Mine you can find on Netflix. Keep oh, it in right, bet, bet, bet. Yeah. But yeah, uh, is Biker Boys available on anything? No. I wouldn't know. Look, I wouldn't know. I would have already watched. Watch, I'm about to say, look, it's on Netflix. <laughs> it's on Hulu now. Turn up. I'm about Free to go watch Hulu. that joint. If you got the subscription. And then um, We Own the City, HBO. You already know. David Chase. Let's get it. Let's get it, Shorty. Oh, this is that shit right here, nigga. What's up? Yeah. What's up, nigga? Turn up, man. Love to see the sports uh, segment coming through, man. I love to see that. Love to see it. <laughs> the first thing that we're going to talk about for sports is sports-related, but it's not necessarily all the way sports, but it's really the main sports topic that we wanted to come on and talk about besides NBA playoffs. And draft picks. And draft picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ryan Tannehill was giving an interview after practice or after training camp, and he was talking about— Titans QB, yep. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. The Titans QB. He was talking about the brand new rookie QB that the Titans just drafted, Malik Willis. Yep. Uh, and he came out and basically said he didn't think it was his job to mentor him. I want y'all to hear what he said. We're, we're competing against each other. We're uh, you know watching the same tape. We're, we're doing the same drills. Uh, I don't think it's my job to mentor him, but um, you know if he learns learns from me along the way, then uh, then that's a great thing. All right. So he basically said that it's not my job to mentor him. Now, mind you, Terrell. If he learns from me on the way, uh huh. But if he learns from me on the way, they are bringing in a new quarterback. So uh, he's a third round. He's a third round pick. It's not like this man is 
top five pick and you and now you need to be worried. Like you got Burrow coming to town and you're Andy Dalton. You know what I'm saying? They get rid of your best receiver. Your best guy, A.J. Brown, is gone now. And they bring in a new quarterback. I'm not saying that Ryan Tannehill should feel any type of way, but I also am not really mad at him at saying, like, yo, I'm not mentoring him. Because let me tell you something. To me, Ryan Tannehill isn't, oh, I'm a certified starting quarterback. That man done had a path. He did have a path. He done had a rough path. He has not always had the secure starting spot. If this was Aaron Rodgers, I would get it. Like, come on, bro. You're literally discount double check. When Aaron Rodgers Man's was hating on Jordan Love, oh, why they bring that kid here? I want out. I want out. Why would they draft that kid? It was like, yo, this is fucked up. You're great. You're one of the goats. To me. And you owe the shit. Like, but you're low-key one of the best ever. Right. When Tannehill is said and done, they're not going to look at him as one of the best ever. My man's still trying to grind. I'm not saying that he shouldn't be, be a mentor because you need to tuck your pride, care about your personal brand, and be a mentor. But For sure. all I'm saying is I can kind of get where he's coming from where it's like, you know how when teams draft quarterbacks, you know what they're going to say. Oh, we want Malik and we want Malik and. Well, guess what? I'm not going to teach Malik how to do everything so y'all can do to me what they did to Joe Flacco, what they did to Joe Flacco with the Ravens. Y'all not going to do that to me. Yeah, because that's I was how I feel. Say, that, I took y'all to an AFC championship. That happened. And didn't terrible. that happen last year with the Bears and Justin Fields? And it was like the, who, who was there? Was that Andy Dalton? Trubisky was there. Trubisky was there. Ended up getting let go. But he ended up saying, I'm not about to. Oh, Dalton, you're right. Andy Dalton, Dalton was there. And he mm-hmm. was like, I'm not. Look, we're all competing. But this is my thing. That is not the right thing to do, Tannehill. And it's Tannehill not. is not trash. This is my thing. Titans fans, had, he had a rough year last year. But the year before that, he won comeback player of the year, the ESPYs. He won comeback player of the year. Yeah, he did. He had an amazing season. Because they season. had a great-ass season. He had a bad season last year. And now they want to call him. Whatever, I guess they just want something new. Whatever, you got Malik Willis, which is honestly dope because he kind of looks like Steve McNair in, in the face. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. know how I, I haven't really seen too much tape on him, but um, it'll be dope of, to see another black quarterback in uh in Tennessee. But Tannehill, nah, bro, take a page out of that Alex Smith book. Alex Smith, even in Washington. He knew he wanted to be the starting quarterback. He knew that he was coming off injury. He knew he had all these young quarterbacks around him. And even Alex Smith with a young Pat Mahomes. I know he's about to take my job. Mm -hmm. But it's your obligation. You're older. Your personal brand, you know. And and it's my thing. Tannehill. So when you was coming up, when you was a rookie, none of the older QBs helped you out. They said if you can learn from me on the way. Because if that happened, then I understand your take. But I really, that's my thing. I'm pretty sure somebody helped you out when you needed that when you were young and a rookie. Yeah. And it was an old dude there that knew you were about to get the start, and he helped you. And he told you, nah, you want to move this way. And you've heard people like Shaq and Kobe and a lot of the older people say that you get to a certain part of the game where you understand that it's about what I'm doing, but then it's also about the next generation and inspiring the next group of people to do anything. Like even what, what we do with this to real life. Everything that we do is about inspiring the next. Y'all would never see me and Terrell. This podcast not, don't got this crazy million dollar deal. We're not making bank, yes. bank, bank from this right. podcast. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And because of that, that doesn't mean I'm still going to look at other people, my competitors, 
podcast and say, oh, nah, fuck they podcast. I don't fuck with them because oh, I ain't, yeah. you know? Right. Or hold like, back on somebody who says, yo, what equipment y'all use? Yo, what this do you use? Because what are you doing to Malik Willis? My thing is this. What if Malik come in and he's actually more talented than you? Right. And let's say he was a cool dude. But now you try like, if I'm Malik, I'm going to fuck with you, but I know you really don't fuck with me. And right. now I got to go in and be like, I know I'm young and you probably think I'm about to take your job, but I'm really just trying to get my feet in this league like you right. did. And it's like, I feel like I understand it, Ryan Tannehill. I get it. But also, you're wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> I get you, but you're wrong. And some people be like, look, I don't give a damn. They were saying like this dude right in the comments in the bleacher room. The same one saying he's correct would have a would have or would would have had or would have a problem if T.O., A.B., Odell, or Kaepernick would have said the same type of statement. Right. This dude said, trying to pull the race card, huh? <laughs> I said the same thing. But, but no, you know what? They always say I pull the race card anyway. I said, I wonder if he would have did this shit to Sam Howell if he would have got Sam Howell. I mean, because look, Malik Willis is a third. First of all, the quarterbacks in this draft are not like when Burrow got drafted. You don't got a Trevor Lawrence that just came number one pick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This nigga got drafted third round. They was talking about how Malik Willis is a better, is a, what did that one dude say? He's more of a prospect than Justin Fields and so and so and so and so. I get it. Like, I do get it. I get it. But no, I don't get it. Them Titans fans got to him. They was talking about Supreme James. You see how Supreme Dreams made that video where he was like, oh, yeah, he called, he called. Yeah, for a backup quarterback. We never had a quarterback like this. And he was like, whoa. Yeah, for a backup quarterback. That's crazy because they said, yo, you were spot on with this shit. He was. Yo, them niggas is special, man. Them niggas are special. They are. But speaking of the draft, NFL draft was just this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, turn up, man. Everybody's got new players. Everybody's got new teams. Me, personally, I felt like my Washington Commanders, I felt like we kind of shit the bed with our draft. I felt like we had an opportunity to get a a, a ground-breaking player or a ready-to-make-a-big-impact-now player. And I felt like... We traded back so we did so that we would have a little bit more depth. We have a little bit more of a chance for success with more guys. We didn't want to put all of our eggs into one basket with one guy. We really don't have that one that team that can just. Yep. I mean, we really do, but the strategy for the team going forward this this year was to get more depth, and we got a lot of good picks that I'm excited for. I'm excited about Jahan Dodson. I'm excited for uh, Robinson from Alabama. I'm excited for. The the D lineman we got from Alabama, what's his name? Like Phil, Phil it's not Phil. It's like Phil Fieldran. Philander. Philandran. Something like that. Whatever. But him. Yeah. I'm ready for him. I'm ready for just to see what these guys do. But I can't lie, y'all. I'm a little disappointed in our draft. Yeah. And you know what? Y'all were looking for more star power than we were. Yeah. We were just looking for like to fill some positions. I, I think we did pretty good. Honestly, I don't really give a damn. I think we already had a stout team. Yeah. But we need to just need to add some more depth. We got some good D-line help, some linebacker help. We got a solid safety, some TE help. So mm-hmm. I'm good. We straight. And I don't think there was a lot of draft day follies like it normally is. Like you have like some funny moments on stage. You have little moments. But, I mean, there were some small moments. You see the dude Sauce Garner had the chain with the sauce, and he was like, you can put any sauce in it. Corny. I'm like, nigga, if you go out there and I get that cooked, was a, you go, this shit ain't going to age well. It was cool, but I thought it was corny. I thought it was corny, too, but if he goes out there and cooks, it's going to be legend. It's going to be great. Yeah, I, I don't ever think it's great to have a barbecue sauce in it. All right. I was watching. I didn't like that. I, that's a young. That's like one of the new young nigga things. I guess you're putting... Well, his name is Sauce Garner. 
I mean, so, it's cool. Sauce. I like that. Man, let me tell you this. I don't like bet putting your, sauce in the chain. Better yourself. I like Sauce Gardner because Sauce Gardner said, I'm the best corner in the league. He said, I'm the best corner in this draft. Stingley. Hey, look. Stingley Jr. went before you. Nah, but you know what I like? <laughs> I like the fact that he would go out there and say, I'm the best in this draft. I like that he's on. I like he got the sauce. Man, I want to bring something like that to your team because that gives the fans a reason to, to cling, you know? Yeah. I told Terrell. I get sick of watching the NBA post-game interviews with some of these niggas. I actually fuck with Carl Anthony Towns because just like the NFL draft and the NBA after game, you see these niggas give the most generic, I've been waiting my mom, this is what I've been waiting my whole life for, and just to see my family be able to take it all in with my family. It was a great feeling. Get this nigga up off the stage. I'm sorry. You saying the same shit every draft pick say, we happy for you, but like for me, I love the guy that says, we drafted, I forget that one dude we drafted, I think the, our last draft pick. When Ron Rivera called him and he got off, or he said what he said, he said, I promise you not making a mistake. I promise you not making a mistake. I love to hear people speaking big themselves up. Yeah. Like, yo, I'm here. Like, when we got Terry, Terry said, and I know my real Washington fans going to remember, he said, watch Washington this year. He had no homo shit. 4-12. No homo shit. That man had my fucking... You got me. You got my you you got my full support. Yeah. With that one sentence. This nigga ain't put a helmet on yet. The fact that he said, watch Washington this year. Nobody's speaking on bro name ever without me saying nothing. He instantly sauce gone if he came to the Washington. We'd be talking that shit. Like, no, for sure. Carl Anthony Towns, you might not like him, but I love what he brings to the league. John Morant. Some people say, look, that he's too fucking cocky. He needs to be humble. But I love what he brings to the league. Right. I love him walking past Steph, Steph. Curry. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And he said that Steph Curry that. said to Jaron Jackson after they gained one, one loss, he said to Jaron Jackson, we're going to have some fun. And that's why John Morant made it a mission to say that shit back to Steph after they won. I like that. I love that. Because next week we like, you know what I'm saying? I like the people that going, that's going to. Get your popcorn ready type players. Like, come on, man. T.O. said, get your popcorn ready. Honestly, popcorn everywhere in the stands. Yeah, that he was crazy. He scored a touchdown and did the popcorn. Fire. Honestly, organization that, on fire, hey, bro. That T.O. era in Dallas could have been so special if they would have went to the Super Bowl. Man, but it was a lot of suicidal Redskins fans back then. <laughs> we were suicidal back in them days. They couldn't get out of their own way. But First, you know he, was get, he was beating up us, on us with McNabb. Then he went to T.O. I mean, then he went to Dallas. Oh, no bullshit. We hated T.O. in NFC East. Dog. But you know what? You're right. Hopefully, Sauce Garner does good. I think the, I think the, the sauce in the bottle, I didn't like that. But I like the charisma. I like the, the yeah. edginess. Hopefully, you be good as PS2. Who should have been? Look, second in line. Now, nah, that's, that's a real guy yeah, right there. Because we got a guy that guy. don't talk that much, but he do what he do on that field. Nah, he talk. If you go out there and you getting burnt, oh, shit, oh, shit. I ain't going to lie. I watched the niggas sauce. Niggas is on you. Niggas was not gritty in on uh, PS2. Sorry, find me one. I watched the Sauce Garden video where he was getting cooked by that young boy in, uh, from Memphis. Y'all, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. That young boy was getting it. it that young boy was cooking him. Even they asked and they said, "What was your toughest matchup?" He was like, he said the dude name it was like Memphis. He was shorter than me. He said back then I wasn't able to cover receivers that were shorter than me. I was. He was that. That was my sophomore year. I wasn't used to it. But let's they see. said you used to it now. He said, of course. Yeah, okay, look, y'all. Okay, look. Okay, Jack. Let's see what happens when Cooper Cup come to town. Right. Mm -hmm. Another short, mm -hmm. speedy. <laughs> Going this way, that way. <laughs> 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 Too late. 
<laughs> it's gotta be a scary feeling when you're a DB and you can see that nigga eyes getting big and you're like, no, no, no. <laughs> this nigga about to catch It's people that listen to our podcast that are um that that play sports, bro. That like collegiate level and pro. If you are if you a DB, bro. Hey, for all of my people that's balling playing sports, shout out to my man, what's his name? Bo. Clemson. Uh-huh. No, we got people that play on the Bears. This dude from the Bears was like, yo, we be listening to y'all podcasts in our locker room. I'm like, the Bears locker room? He never hit me back. But I look, I said, look, the Bears locker room. <laughs> I just ran with that shit. Man, we do got some athletes out there, man. And if y'all go to the league, man, I need y'all to put the nine on. Come on. Somebody got to put a nine on your helmet or something for one game. <laughs> just for practice. I mean, something for me to repost and show that this is worth <laughs> something. So I can repost. <laughs> Cause you know that's really what we that's really all people want. Oh yeah. Man, can you imagine Jay-Z that? heard the podcast? Tell him to repost it. <laughs> and the nigga don't even use social. Can you even... imagine Terrence that nine on the back of somebody's helmet? That'd be so crazy. Oh man, you know I see it as I see it. I see that nine right here and we own the team. What you talking about? I see a Niners with Niners who? Niners versus 49ers, and we out there with our dope-ass uniforms. Can y'all imagine our y'all uniforms? Got, y'all dusty-ass burgundy. We about to bust y'all ass this Can y'all year, imagine y'all our uniforms? Look, we, we, we rock the all-black unis, but all you got black. the... Look, all-black. Look, this is just a colorway. All-black, right, on some... Think about any given Sunday, right? Okay, Willie Beeman. Right, but look, but the, but the red and blue nine right there... What color helmet? Black! That might be all right. And look, the jersey number... Your jersey number, same like the... Oh, that'll be dope. The joint. So, I swear to God. Terrence, you can't do that. You can't put a nine on a helmet. That's Roger fucking Goodell number. Roger need to give me a, uh, a deal. You can't do that unless you're a Washington football team and you wear number nine. <laughs> Look, I'm fucking it up. Adam Silver, holla at me. He's in the NBA. <laughs> But you look, I think that's pretty much all we got for this episode, man. Yeah, man. Uh, episode 99. It's been a great episode. I think the vibe's been good, man. Shout out, man. Nah, Love sure. to see an episode. And the one thing that I did want to say before we go, hold on, Tans, before I'm going to let you, I'm gonna let you finish. Night. Till Taylor. Um, <laughs> all of y'all that was doing Forex, everybody that was doing Forex on the TL, I remember that shit. I remember when y'all was platinum 500. I remember when y'all was platinum 300. What happened? Where did y'all go? What happened to posting your plate and saying, Forex funded? Some of y'all are posting regular now, and we remember how annoying y'all were during the pandemic. So what happened? The documentary is going to be something special. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. That motherfucking Forex documentary is going to be crazy. No bullshit, because what happened with Forex? Am I tripping? Do you remember seeing all the people that were saying, yeah. The funny thing is you done fucked up now. They're going to say, bro, what you mean where we at? We right here. Go ahead and hit me on my line and I can get you started. Yeah, whatever. Them motherfuckers ain't getting no money for real. Show it. I'm about to show this nigga my, look, I'm about to show this nigga my new J's. Let me show him my trade. How the count. fuck you think I just got deep? For an exchange, nigga. But yeah, um, that's all we got, y'all. Until next time, episode 99, we're doing fine, sublime, and right on, on time. time. And oh my God, what happened to Virgil? <laughs> Hold on, wait. Oh, you got, oh, you got mm-hmm. it? Right, bet, 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 bet. Episode 99, man, 99 weeks, all because of you, man. Shout out to the people that's been locked in with us a long way. Turn up, man. We back next week with 100. Yes, sir. Didn't leave, let me say anything. Look, you find out that I got a problem with you? That's because the motherfucker wouldn't let me. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what I do? <laughs>